In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Hello and welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host, and this series is in cooperation with Cinda Virtual, which brings you thought leaders and business stories from all over the world. Now you can learn more about Cinda on www.cinda.org. But we don't only bring you thought leaders and business stories from all over the world, we also have listeners from all over the world. So good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be listening from today. And if you're new to the series, let me tell you what the series is about. Leadership Beyond Borders is about the impact globalization, digital transition, the connected world is having on our organizations and what that impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive long-term success in today's economy. In this series, we've talked about everything from business issues such as artificial intelligence, digital transitions, and data protection regulations to leadership issues such as gender balance and business values and ethics that may impact your organization or your individual career. So please listen to us live. We're on every Tuesday, 3 p.m. Pacific time. And if you miss us live, don't worry about it because we are all over the web. We are on every major podcast platform from Apple to Google. Google to Stitcher to Spotify, just put in Leadership Beyond Borders and you will find us. I also can ask you to connect with me and please tell me your thoughts, what you think about the show, and tell me what you want to hear on the show. So if you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless if your business is international or local, make sure you join us each week and we'll make sure you take away something useful either for your business or yourself. Now, on to today's episode, and I'm really excited about today's episode. Um, Negotiation. Negotiating is critical for women, and we know it leads to better outcomes. For example, when it comes to wages, women who ask for a raise are more likely or twice as likely to get one as women who don't. But the truth is that women face unique challenges when it comes to negotiation or negotiating, beginning with the fact that we're often viewed as maybe unlikable or aggressive when we do it. Even though women are the ones that negotiate everything at home with family matters or children, we tend to underestimate our own value and our abilities when it comes to the work environment. It's like we've been socialized to avoid situations that call for difficult negotiations. And this makes negotiating more difficult, but no less important for women. And today we're going to speak with an expert in this area. Our guest today is Beth Fisher Yoshida, and she is PhD, CCS, a global expert educator in intercultural negotiation and communication. Her new book is called New Story, New Power, A Woman's Guide to Negotiation. She's the program director at Columbia University's Master of Science in Negotiation and Conflict Resolution, a negotiation consultant for the United Nations, and the CEO of a consulting agency, Fisher Yoshida International. She works in the U.S. and worldwide conducting workshops on leadership, culture, workplace conflict, and negotiation, and boosts a client list that includes Fortune 100 companies, nonprofits, military, security forces, governments, and educational institutes. So, thank you. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you. Oh, thank you, Kimberly. This is a long introduction. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I mean... 
Yeah, I mean, I've read your book and it's fantastic. And just a quick out out of, out of the gate tip for our listeners. So let me ask you, what made you write this book? I mean, you've been in negotiations a long time, but why particular a book for women or focused on women? Yeah, thank you for that question. So I tend to look at patterns in behavior, patterns in communication. <clears throat> and I noticed that when I was working with women, either in workshops and courses and coaching, that there were certain patterns of their behavior in terms of how they negotiated and how they felt about negotiation, typically not good, right? So I said, well, that's really curious. What's going on here? So I decided to look at the existing research that other women and other people have done about the role of gender and being a woman in negotiation. Negotiation. And it was very, very contradictory. You know, there was older research that was then the newer research was contradicting it. And of course, times keep changing. So I said, you know what, I want to find out the tactics and the strategies that women use in being successful for one whole negotiation, for part of a negotiation, whatever it is so that I could share that back out with other people. So I conducted hundreds of interviews, including one study specifically focused on women who work in the STEM professions, which are the male-dominated mm-hmm. science, technology, and so on. And I found certain kinds of patterns and things that they did. And I decided, you know what? I'm not going to keep all this great information to myself. So I put it into a book that I wanted to be very practical, grounded in research, but has lots of practical applications that any woman or anybody can pick up and use immediately. So that's yeah. the book. Yeah, and you have a lot of practical information in that book. Um, it's great. But let's just kind of, why why does this word negotiation really trigger for women so much emotion surrounding it? Um, you know, some, some women do it better than others, but it, it seems like it's a trigger word. Can you explain that? Yeah. So it is a trigger for people because usually – When we have these kinds of triggers that like have a negative reaction, it's because something didn't go well. We didn't feel good. Mm -hmm. You can think about physically the anxiety or the pain or the the sweating, whatever happens to you when you're about to approach or during a negotiation. And so we have those negative associations. And if we look at the neurosciences, we see that it's not only a physical reaction in our bodies or emotional reaction, but it's also in our brains. There are different kinds of brain waves and how the neurons connect. I'm not a neuroscientist, but just reading enough to know that it does play a role and that that just perpetuates itself. So we also, I think, prime ourselves, right? We sort of set ourselves up for not being successful because we have all those negative memories that make us anxious. And it's sort of like a vicious cycle that we get inside of. Yeah. And and when you were doing your coaching, you said you were watching or, or as you do your coaching with some women. Um, is this what what was kind of the patterns that you saw from them? And I'm not talking just from reacting and speaking with them about negotiations. Mm -hmm. their reactions. Yeah. So one example would be where we have these contradictory messages in our heads. So in many cultures, it doesn't mean every single one, but in many cultures around the world, I'm not going to speak for everyone. We're taught as little girls to be nice. Maybe children should be seen and not heard, to be respectful, especially respecting our elders, to be like nurturing. We always have that image of mother and so on, the Madonna, right? And so we have those stories. And then we have more recent languaging saying, get out there and be assertive and ask for what you want. And women don't ask enough and all of that. So now... We're saying, okay, I need to be assertive and I need to advocate for myself. So I go into a negotiation and then as I'm trying to advocate for myself, I feel 
aggressive or because of that other story that contradicts it about Beth, you're not being nice, right? You're not respecting your elders. Just think about that. If you're in a negotiation with an older, let's say, man, and you're sitting there and you're thinking, wow, how can I challenge what he's saying when I've always been taught this? And it's not even a conscious conversation you're having with yourself. It's all like the baggage that we carry with us because we want to do what's right. We want to do the good thing. We want to be liked and so on. And that's come out in the research as well about women wanting to be liked and also being given status from somebody else. So it's not as good for you to assert for yourself. It's better in quotes, when somebody gives you that status. Mm-hmm. And you talk about that in your book. You're talking about being aware of the stories that you have in your head. Mm-hmm. And um, how how do you kind of get through that fog, okay, to, to try to, you know, be aware of them, recognize them, but then kind of move through that so that you can go on to the next phase of actually trying to sit down with an older man and negotiate and not have that little ghost in the back of your head saying, oh, you're not being nice or, you know, you're not being polite. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, there's a long answer and many years. <laughs> of- However, the short answer would be the first critical part is you have to have self-awareness. You have to know what these stories are and you have to know where they come from and you have to know the effect they have on you. And this is an iterative process that you do probably your whole life because you're never in the same exact situation twice. But you start to do it. You start to identify the stories. And there are different tools in the book that you can use. And you start to unpack or deconstruct all of those stories. And you think about, okay, who am I in relation to this person? Because now a different part of me is going to show up. We're very complex beings, right? So we're made up of lots of different parts of us. And depending on who you are negotiating with, what the issue is in the context, a different part of you is going to be more dominant than other parts of you. Just think about it. If you're negotiating with somebody in the workplace versus your child versus your spouse versus a friend or a different colleague, different parts of you show up, your personality, right? So you have to think about all that and then If there's a story you're carrying that's not helpful, and I take you through steps of how to identify that, then try to rewrite the story to turn it into a story of strength. So if you have that story about not being disrespectful to your elders, then think about how to turn that around so that you may not be phrasing what you're saying as a challenge, but maybe as a question to invite the person into the conversation with you. It's little nuances and subtleties in how we communicate and how we ask. So if I have a story in my head that's really not helpful, um, you talked about kind of flipping that around. How do I kind of do that? How do I get through that? Yeah, I always say I'd love to just press a delete button, right, and just just erase that story. It's not helpful. Uh Well, you know what? So then people say to me, and this is related to your question, well, it's not comfortable. It's so uncomfortable. And I said, you know what? It's uncomfortable to sit in the situation you're in, not getting what you want or what you think you deserve. And it's also uncomfortable to do something different, to have a new behavior, a new way of communicating. So here you have on both hands two different situations of discomfort. Which would you prefer? The discomfort of sitting where you are now doesn't have the potential to change except to get worse because it's only going to get more exacerbated. The discomfort of trying to do something different has potential of shifting the dynamics and having a better outcome. 
Wow, that's that is really that's a that's a really good tip and really good insights. Um, I have one more question on this, but and it's really not related to what you have in the book, but it's just out of curiosity for me. So we have these stories and in the women, you know, our age and and you know maybe even I wouldn't say Gen Z, but I maybe millennials and um, what what can we do now as parents? or as grandparents to try to get rid of these stories for young women coming up? How can we shift that? Is that part of trying, can we do that to try to make them in the next generation a little better at negotiations and feeling more comfortable with it? Well, we can try. And it also depends on whether we have a receptive audience or not. Right. So Mm -hmm. I think, I think part of it is not just black and white accepting what is, but actually to deconstruct it and and take it apart and Mm -hmm. talk about it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, we're we're going to take a short break, Beth, and when we get back, come back. I want to talk a little bit more about some of the newest research and and what you discovered, and then talk of really go into some of the tips that you give in the book uh, on you know how we can negotiate better. And for our listeners, uh, we are talking today with. Beth Fisher Yoshida, PhD, CCS, and she is a global expert and educator in intercultural negotiation and communication. Her new book is called New Story, New Power, A Women's Guide to Negotiation. She's a program director of Columbia University's Master of Science in Negotiation and Conflict Resolution and a negotiation consultant for the United Nations and the CEO of the consulting agency Fisher Yoshida International. Now you can learn more about Fisher Yoshida International under BethFisherYoshida.com. And you can also reach out to Beth on Facebook under Beth.FisherYoshida and on LinkedIn under BethFisherYoshida, on Twitter at BethFisherYoshida. Please reach out to Beth. And please find the book. It is available on Amazon, New Story, New Power, A Woman's Guide to Negotiations. And this broadcast is also brought to you by Cinda. And Cinda is one of Europe's fastest growing nonprofit digital marketing and local search associations. Cinda holds virtual trainings, conferences, does market research, legislative white papers focused on digital. They also have a learning series on Thursdays at 1700 CET time. And they have conferences and the next conference is October 22nd to 25th in Porto. Portugal. They also have a page, a a program for startups, and this program is an e-learning platform for founders and entrepreneurs, which takes you from idea to exit, and it is free to founders and entrepreneurs. So please go to www.cinda.org and reach out to them. And with that, we're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K., 
on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. Are you a business owner, 1099 contractor, part-time employee, or volunteer who needs group health coverage you can actually afford? Do you know a nonprofit who would benefit from unlimited zero-cost funding? How about cost reduction, school safety, mental health wellness, and more? All these and more are fair game on Finding Certainty. If you want more certainty in your own life, you are not alone. Join us each Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Find your own brand of certainty and realize your personal American dream with Finding Certainty, hosted by Patrick Lang. Let's unwrap the certainty experience together. Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis. And today we're talking about negotiations and women in negotiations. And we're talking with an expert in this area. And our guest today is Beth Fisher Yoshida, PhD, CCS. And she is a global expert and educator in intercultural negotiation and communication. She has a new book out called New Story, New Power, A Woman's Guide to Negotiation. And she's also the program director of Columbia University's Master of Science in Negotiation and Conflict Resolution and a negotiation consultant for the United Nations and the CEO of the consulting agency Fisher Yoshida International. So, Beth, uh, welcome back. And we were talking before the break about women and the stories we carry with us, okay, and um, how we kind of bring those stories or what we've been taught all our life into these negotiations. Now, before we get into the tips, you've done, you did a lot of research on, on, you know, what's happening in the new, new, you know, what we're doing in negotiations. So you could talk a little bit about the research that you've done about, you know, the brain, language, emotions, and, and how they relate to women's negotiation. Sure. And thank you for having me. So the research is a combination of research I did myself, which is interviewing hundreds of women, in addition to then looking up existing research that other people have done, and I combine that together. So in the existing research that I haven't done is research on the emotions and the use of the brain in that where... There's a certain kind of energy that we budget, and so if our emotions are in accordance with that energy, then we're fine. But if we get more emotional or have a stronger sense of emotions than what we budget, then we're overloading our system, so to speak. Another thing that happens in our brain and the neurosciences, which I think is really fascinating, is that, you know, they always say neurons that fire together wire together. So you're creating habits, right? You're creating habits in your brain about how different kinds of actions in the neurons go together. And so that affects your behavior, it affects your language, it affects your communication and so on, and your emotional management as well. So what I propose is, okay, if we have negative associations with the word negotiation because we've had negative experiences or we just don't feel good when we're doing it, 
then how do we change that? One way of changing that is to congratulate yourself. Seems a little simplistic, but Mm -hmm. actually congratulate yourself for even showing up. The fact that you prepared, the fact that you got ready, the fact that you got into the negotiation and showed up, even if it doesn't work out well, even if you don't feel good, you're already starting to change the dynamic in your brain and change that pattern. And the more you do that and the more you appreciate yourself for showing up and doing the work, then the more you can change those dynamics. So now you have effort pairing with negotiation and you're shifting your emotional reaction to that. That's just one little thing. And again, it takes time because you think about any habit that you have, right? If any of you are trying to change your eating habits or trying to change a a smoking habit, then you know that takes a very long time, but you have to continuously recondition yourself or prime yourself for success. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like to jumping into the pool, into the cold water. You have to move yourself forward. Two, um, you're prepared because remember you're yeah. preparing. You're not just diving in without anything. Yeah. That's okay. a little stark, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so let's, let's kind of, let's say we're going to the table and we've kind of, pre- we're getting ourselves prepared. Um, let's talk about negotiation in relation to process and um, process and outcomes. You talk about that in your book and you talk about how it's related to the mindset. So -hmm. could you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Very often, if we don't have negotiation training or skills, or we don't do enough preparation, we focus very much on the outcomes and we measure ourselves and measure our performance based on the outcomes. And there's just a simple way of thinking that if I am going to be competitive during the process of a negotiation, I'm not going to have a collaborative outcome. It's going to be a competitive outcome because of my behavior. So we have to think about the process in terms of preparing ourselves and how we actually behave and react in the negotiation, which influences the outcomes. And so a lot of times if we're preparing, of course, it's not going to go exactly according to plan. Something's going to happen. But if we prepare well enough, then we give ourselves enough confidence and enough adaptability or agility that if something happens during the process of the negotiation that differs from what we planned, we're able to be responsive in a way. One tip I have, if we can just share a tip, mm-hmm. yeah. is that I always like when I have or I recommend to people to have a question ready. Always have one or two questions ready. So if you get into a moment where you need time, you need to regain your composure, you ask a question, an opening question that gets the other party to speak. And as the party's speaking, two things happen. One is you're calming down and recentering yourself. And the other is you're gaining more information. And information is power in a negotiation. Mm-hmm. That, that That is a really great tip. So how much preparation is enough preparation or how much is too much preparation? I mean, it, I guess that depends on the, the situation you're negotiating. And uh, But um, if, if I were to put some time into it and, yeah, you know, how, how much should I prepare myself just in general for simple negotiations? When you say simple, then I would think that it's not layered and complex with multiple yeah, things. Yeah. And maybe you're very familiar with the topic and maybe you're familiar with who you're negotiating with. I would say, you know, not to put like a minute or hour or day count on it, but just to say that you want to be able to, number one, feel confident feel like you have some choices and that you're able to respond because you've done what I would call scenario planning, right? So you're thinking, okay, if I say A and they say B, what would I do? 
If I say A and they say C, what would I do? So you're already thinking through not just what you're saying, but you're thinking through your reaction to what you say and their response to what you say. So you're going a few steps down. If you feel like you have some level of comfort with that, then I would say you're probably ready to go into it. It doesn't mean you're not going to get flustered and it doesn't mean that something's not going to go awry, but at least you have enough basis and then you ask your question for you to regain your composure and continue on successfully. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a good tip. Um, another thing you talk about is, okay, so we're going into the negotiations and we're getting ourselves prepared. Um, you talk a lot about identity and how important it is to really recognize the identity to be, help predict behavior so that you can get more favorable outcomes. Um, can you talk about that? And and what about if I really can't, I don't know the identity that well? Mm-hmm. So it's, it goes back to part of the self-awareness preparation. And we all have multiple identities, right? So I'm a woman, I'm a mother, I'm a professor, I'm a businesswoman, I'm lots of different things, right? So depending on which who I'm negotiating with and what issue, a certain part of me is going to come up. So probably as a mother and grandmother, my emotional strings are going to be (laughs) tougher. So if I'm negotiating with my daughter or when my granddaughter gets old enough to negotiate, I'm going to have a little bit more of an emotional attachment in that situation. Another thing that comes up is there may be a part of us that we're not necessarily proud of or not happy about. And even if we don't want to recognize it, it might be recognized by the other party. So there's some characteristic we have, and then maybe we're not feeling competent uh, because maybe we think we don't have enough experience, which happens with a lot of women who are junior in their careers. Or maybe we don't feel smart enough because we're surrounded by literally rocket scientists or or <laughs> something like that. Then if something happens and we don't know something, we're going to think, oh, no, that's because I don't know. So it triggers that other aspect of your identity that you were not really trying to show, but that sort of came out. Another thing would be that just the fact that we're going in that different people have different impressions and opinions about who we are as women. So if they look at me as a woman, that may not be what I'm leading with, but now that becomes in the forefront and I have to deal with how I feel about being a woman in this situation or that they're maybe pigeonholing me because I am a woman. So all of those things play into your identity. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we we as women go into these negotiations and and Beth, I mean, <laughs> the ones I've been in 60, 70 percent of the time, they do look at you as a woman. OK. Um, and, you know, they do pigeonhole you in. So how do we as women kind of get ourselves or raise ourselves above that identity so that we can really, you know, engage in that conversation with kind of getting rid of that identity or that pigeonhole they've put us in? Yeah. So I think part of the preparation is not only preparing your self-awareness, but thinking about who am I negotiating with. And so if you have a tendency, one of the um, options about how they're going to respond to you is, okay, they're going to look at me as a woman potentially, and this is what they might do. And how am I going to counter that? Or how am I going to like, okay, register, check that off the list. They look at me as a woman. Now, what what's next? How do I move past that? But if you've prepared yourself for it, then you're not going to be floored. I mean, sometimes, you know, people say like, oh, honey, that's okay. It's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and so, 
maybe they mean something by that, maybe not, but I have to know, okay, whatever that is, it's not going to work on me that way, the way they may have intended. I'm going to just register. They called me honey. Now I'm going to move past that and move on because I'm a strong woman. So I'm rewriting that narrative. (laughs) Okay, great. Uh, And then it's not just only who you're, and I think that's a great tip on preparation and who you're dealing with and um, trying to learn about a little bit more about them, but you you also talk about context, and and I'm and sometimes I'm not sure if we always think about that in the way we should. So, can you talk a little bit about when how to prepare context? Okay, you know where does this negotiate sit in the the context of everything else, and and what you mean by context in your book. Yeah, there's so many ways of thinking of context. One could be the situation. It could be the actual location and environment. It could also be how how is this negotiation situated in the rest of your negotiations or in the rest of your relationship with this person? Or what happened to you that morning? How confident or settled are you in your own mind? You know, when we meet people at the negotiation table, we have no idea what they've been through even getting to the table, right? We Mm -hmm. And they don't know that about us either. So, If you are a woman who has young children and you're frazzled and you're commuting to work and something happened and, you know, you're rushing, you're rushing and you're already a little bit off kilter, right? So you're not quite centered. What do you need to do to recenter yourself? Now, we don't know that, right? We don't know if you just had a tremendous success and you're feeling super confident or if you just had a tremendous failure and you're feeling really uh, very low in your whole mm-hmm. self-esteem. So we don't know that. So you have to think about where's the context. And then if I can influence the context, influence where and when, then that would be good. So for example, if I'm better in the morning and then I have, you know, a 10 o'clock meeting, it's much better than me doing something at six in the evening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, one thing that you said made me laugh, um, location and environment. And, and I think as women, sometimes, um, I don't know about the women you coach, but sometimes when I go into an environment that I feel that just really isn't conducive, then it kind of throws me off a little bit. Um, and I remember doing a, a, a going into a lawyer's office in London, and you walk in with these big, dark, dark doors and dark statues, and I felt like I was in a men's club and people should come out with cigars, you know. That's right. So, so, I mean, you know, so is environment, I mean, uh, it, it, how, we, how do we get ourselves through this environment? I mean, that kind of froze me. And I just said, oh, God, how am I going to do this? Um, is that a condition that probably goes with a story of mine? You know, um, how much does environment play a role? Well, probably, but you also have to think about, is this intentional? Are they yeah. putting me into this situation? Uh-huh. Intimidated. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I never thought about that. Uh, Beth, we're gonna we're gonna take um, a short break, and when we come back, um, I, a couple things I want to talk about from your book is um, recognizing organizations and systems and power, and then really talk about the five foolproof strategies to advocate what you, what we want to get um, that are tips in your book. And with that, we're going to take a short break, and we are speaking with Beth Fisher Yoshida, PhD, CCS a global expert and educator in intellect, intercultural negotiation and communication. Her new book is called New Story, New Power, A Women's Guide to Negotiate. She's a program director at Columbia University's Master of Science in Negotiation and Conflict Resolution and a negotiation consultant for the United Nations and the CEO of the consulting agency 
Fisher Yoshida International. And you can learn more about Fisher Yoshida under BethFisherYoshida.com. You can also reach out to Beth under Beth Fisher Yoshida on Facebook and on LinkedIn and on Twitter under at Beth Fisher Beth Fisher Yoshida. And also that is spelled Y-O-S-H-I-D-A. And for our European Ypsilon O-H-I-D-A. So please reach out to Beth. And this broadcast is also brought to you by Cinda, one of Europe's fastest growing nonprofit digital marketing and local search associations. Cinda holds virtual holdings, does conferences. They have a e-learning platform that is available to founders and entrepreneurs that take them from startup to exit. And they also have conferences. And the next conference is being held May 22nd to 24th in Berlin, Germany. So please reach out to Cinda under www.cinda.org. Cinda is a nonprofit organization. And with that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Small businesses are in trouble, and it didn't just start with COVID-19. From the recession several years ago to the revolution of e-commerce giants more recently, small businesses are getting hit hard and need to come back. Tune in to Business Buzz and Business Watch. It's two shows in one, hosted by Frank Hellring. We'll help your small business bounce back with best practices, guest experts, and resources that you can use to strengthen your small business. Listen Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Say It Skillfully is my radio show about being who you are and saying what you think needs to be said. This is your host, Molly Chang. I'll help you find the right words to tackle any challenging conversation you've been avoiding. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. You'll learn how to achieve success on your terms and be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in your life. Check out sayaskillfully.com for practical resources, including my 90-second videos, real-life examples showing you how to speak up skillfully. I invite you to call in with your questions. Join me live every Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. And no, I'm cheering for you. A little birdie told me Voice America is on Twitter. Follow us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And today we're talking about negotiation with a focus on how women negotiate. And our guest today is an expert in negotiation, and her name is Beth Fisher Yoshida, PhD, CCS, and she's a global expert and educator in intercultural negotiation and communication. And we're 
have a, she has a new book out called New Story, New Power, A Woman's Guide to Negotiation. And we're talking about that book, a great read available on Amazon. And Beth is also the program director of Columbia University's Master of Science in Negotiation and Conflict Resolution. So, Beth, before um, before the break, we were talking a little bit about context and, and kind of everything that goes around the negotiation. And, and one of the things you talk about in your book is um, when you go negotiating in the workplace, you have to really recognize the org- organizations as systems and and the behaviors that are behind the systems. And I think this question works really well with kind of the before the break, I told you about my experience walking into this law office with all this dark, dark furniture, and I felt like I was in a guys club. So can you talk about recognizing organizations and the systems and the behaviors and the biases around them? Yeah. So, you know, when we have an interaction with somebody, let's just say we're negotiating something in the workplace with maybe our manager. Well, it's not really just the two of you in isolation from everything else that's happening in the organization. And depending on your level, it depends on how much access you have to information that's going on. So if you're asking for something, it could be a raise, a bigger budget for your group, whatever the request is, and you're negotiating it and you're getting some pushback, you know, we have to also say to myself, like, what's really going on here? Because there's other stuff happening that maybe your manager knows about, but isn't, you know, given the uh, privy to tell you, or maybe there's something that your manager doesn't even know about and he's getting pushed back. So you have to think that there's way more happening. And there's also a ripple effect. You know, I know, like for me in working in different situations, I know I have to be cautious about agreeing to something because of setting a precedent. And I know that if I set a precedent in doing something, there's going to be a ripple effect all the way around. So our negotiations are not necessarily isolated, but they're really in the context of a system. Mm-hmm. And within within that system also, you have as you, different levels, and you talked about that, but uh, different levels sometimes come with different powers, okay? So how... You know, certain people are assumed to have more power, less power. When you're dealing in a situation like that and you're probably the person with less power or maybe even the person with with more power, how do you deal with this, this unbalance of power? Yeah, so there are different kinds of power. So let's just start with that. And so traditionally we think about power over and so we think about somebody having more of something more knowledge more information more resources and so on and then it's really a way of getting to control or influence you if we think about and you're in an organization power with right so that's a little bit of a different orientation so it's not just power over but it's power with so if we go to a higher level of framing and we say, okay, it's not just not about me or you, it's about the organization. What can I do as a contributing member of this organization to support it and to support my managers, to support my team and so on? So now I'm shifting. It's not only about what Beth can get, but it's about what can Beth do to support the team? Of course, Beth is benefiting from that as well, but I'm doing it with others, not only taking for myself. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a really good perspective to look at, um, and within those organizations, you know, sometimes you're dealing with really difficult, uncomfortable situations. And you talk a little bit in your book about, you know, how you deal with really challenging environments. Um, 
are they different than just kind of the normal ones or, you know, what, what, when you walk into kind of a normal negotiation or something that might be quite layered and then something that's really challenging, your, your whole adrenaline starts and you look at it differently. So how do you deal with that? Yeah. So there are different kinds of like challenging, right? And so one could be, now just also to put in context, when I was writing the book, the Me Too movement was very strong. (laughs) And I said, there's no way I can write this book and not include something about, and what I called compromising situations. So there Mm -hmm. are some situations where you feel emotionally, psychologically, physically unsafe, and that's a situation you need to leave, right? That's not a negotiation mm-hmm. because you're mm-hmm. feeling too threatened in that. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't accept that challenge. I would recognize that challenge, say, okay, this is not safe for me to be here. Let me rethink this whole thing and not be there physically or emotionally, right? Then there are other kinds of challenges where you're trying to negotiate something, but maybe the person you're negotiating with really has no authority in the situation. So it's like they can't make the decision. So it's sort of like a go nowhere negotiation, or maybe it's a a negotiation that you have a very big emotional attachment to. Maybe you think I've done so much for this organization and this happens a lot. I've done so much. I've given so much. I work so hard and I don't get the recognition that I need. And so you're negotiating for recognition that they may not be able to give you in the way that you want to receive it. And so that's a challenging negotiation. Mm -hmm. Are you willing to rethink how you want to be appreciated or are you willing to rethink, is this a good fit for me after all? Maybe I'm not in the right place. Maybe I need to be in a different organization. So there are different kinds of challenges. And I think the more you prepare, the more you understand what those challenges are. And I'll say one more thing about it. And then at the end of the day, if you decide, you know what, this is non-negotiable, then Mm -hmm. it's negotiable and you have to make a decision. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, really great insights, Beth. We're getting you know, towards the end of the show, and I really want to come to some tips because in your book, you talk about um, some strategies that can help you advocate to, to get what you want at home or at work or, or to, you know, and not focusing on outcomes, but, um, you know, the process to try to get through this and, and, and make it more successful. Can you talk about some of those tips? Sure. So I start with self-awareness. I know sometimes people say, oh, no, not that again. But yeah, <laughs> I say self-awareness because it's life work. You know, you have to continuously Work on that because you're never in the same situation with the same person negotiating the same issue twice. Something's different each time. And it's an opportunity to learn something more about yourself and about the other party. So really continue to work on things, which means after a negotiation, you're also going through a reflective process to say, okay, how did things work out? Not to berate yourself, but to commend yourself again for showing up and work on all the things and focus on all the things that worked well. And then think about what could I have done better? after you've commended yourself for the things you've done well. And you want to think about in the preparation, how do I prepare so that in the follow-up you can see how well did I prepare for this particular uh, negotiation and then what will I keep in my preparation sort of like toolkit for afterwards. Another thing, so after the self-awareness is really framing. How am I framing this negotiation? Is this negotiation everything or is it just one negotiation that's part of a series? Which means I think about being in relationship to the other person. So I think of negotiation as a relationship. How am I building this relationship? What's the status of it right now? Is it in a place I want it to be? Can I make it better? And so on. And framing it as though it's not everything, which you can do. If you've explored your BATNA, and BATNA is best alternative 
to a negotiated agreement. So I'll just say that one more time. B-A-T-N-A, best alternative to a negotiated agreement. And that means as part of your preparation, before you go into the negotiation, you're thinking about how critical is this particular negotiation to me? Do I have other alternatives? If I have other alternatives, then I can be bolder in my ask in this negotiation because I have other things to back it up. If this is everything and I don't have other alternatives, I'm going to be a little more conservative in how I negotiate. And I'm also going to work hard not to let the other party know that this is all I have because then that will strengthen them. So I'm also trying to figure out how critical is this negotiation to the other party? What's their batna? And during the preparation part, you're preparing all these things. And then during the process, you're trying to figure out, was my preparation accurate or not? How am I going to modify my initial assessment? I think one more tip I'll give here is really thinking about after the negotiation. We work very hard in preparing for it and conducting ourselves during the negotiation. It's really critical to pay attention to what happens after the negotiation because very often negotiations might fail because we haven't done the follow-up work to secure what we agreed to in the negotiation and to make sure we're both on the same page. Mm-hmm. So do you, do you mean actual, when you're talking about, I, I'm just thinking two things, okay, the follow-up after the negotiation, first your self-learnings, but then also the follow-up of the deliverables and what actually happened in the negotiation. Is that what you mean by that? Yeah, correct. Thank you for <laughs> showing the two parts of it. The second part would be where you actually write a summary this is what we. This is my understanding of it. This is what I agreed to, and you sent it to the other person to make sure you're on the same page about what you walked away with. Mm-hmm, great, and so th- I mean, this this is complicated. Okay, I'm, does it get easier over time? And and how would you? What would be your recommendation to? to, um, let's say, young women just coming into the workplace who who are just starting this, or even those of the executives who are really not that great at it or haven't had that opportunity, um, you know, does practice make perfect? Does it get easier over time? <laughs> you know, some of it does. You know, the issues mm-hmm. that you still have about who you are may still get in the way. But I think one tip is Continue to study and practice, right? Continue to learn about it. Continue to practice it. Start really small with really insignificant issues so you can build up your confidence, sort of strengthen your negotiation muscle. And then you can challenge yourself with more complicated negotiations as you go on. And even if things don't go well, meaning you don't get the outcomes you want, you still need to commend yourself for putting in the effort, showing up, and something must have gone right. There must have been something that happened during any one of those phases of preparation process or post-negotiation that you did well. It can't be a total disaster, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's looking at the positive to, to keep us going in the right directions. And then the stories in our head, you've kind of given tips on that. Um try to try to work through those what would be one tip to try to work through you know kind of a one sentence or tip on trying to work through those stories <laughs> yeah identify what the story is where it came from how it's influencing you and then how you can change it rewrite the story rewrite the story great okay beth it's been fantastic and um one final last word to our listeners and and especially the the women executives we have out there um if you have one last message what would that be one last message would be I'm offering a free 30-minute coaching session if people will write reviews for my book on Amazon. 
Okay, great. And they can get hold of you on your website and with some of the social media that I've uh, just given. Great. Okay, so thank you so much. This has been really great. And I have to say, I absolutely love the book. Um, It was really good. And uh, for our listeners, our guest is uh, Beth Fisher Yoshida, PhD, CCS, and she's a global expert and educator in intercultural negotiation communication. And her book is called New Story, New Power, A Women's Guide to Negotiation. It's available on Amazon, as I've already said a couple times. Fantastic content, great read. And Beth is also the director of Columbia University's Master of Science and Negotiation and Conflict Resolution. She's a negotiation consultant for the United Nations and the CEO of the consulting agency Fisher Yoshi- Beth Fisher yoshida.com and you can reach her on that and as you said she's offering the one free coaching session for anyone who does a review on the book so please reach out to her but you can also reach out to her on facebook under beth fisher yoshida and on linkedin under beth fisher yoshida on twitter at beth fisher yoshida and do reach out to her and yoshida is y-o-s-h-i-d-a or for our European audience, Ypsilon O-S-H-I-D-A. So, Beth, once again, thank you so much. It's been really great. Thank you, Kimberly. I appreciate it. appreciate all the tips. And uh, listeners, um, this broadcast has also been brought to you by Cinda, and Cinda is one of Europe's fastest-growing nonprofit digital marketing and local search associations. They hold virtual trainings, market research, and legislative white papers. They also have a learning series on Thursday, 1700 CET, and they hold live conferences. And the next one will be held May 22nd to 24th in Berlin, in, uh, I'm sorry, October in uh, Porto, Portugal. And uh, Cinda also has a e-learning platform in cooperation with Boss Capital for Startups. And this e-learning platform is free to founders and entrepreneurs. And you can go to www.cinda.org under Cinda for Startups to have access. And it takes founders and entrepreneurs from idea to exit. So please remember to listen to us every Tuesday at 3 p.m. specific time. And if you miss us, don't worry. We are on every major podcast platform from Stitcher to Apple. Just put in Leadership Beyond Borders and you will find us all over the web. And thank you for listening this week and please tune in again next week. Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.